السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أنا عمار الصبان من بودكاست مستدفر حلقة اليوم حلقة خاصة لسببين واحد آه إنه هذه أول أول حلقة نسويها خلال الثلاث سنوات اللي راحت اللي كلها بالإنجليزي ما فيه وتكنيكلي مفترض يعني في يمكن كلمة كلمتين عربي بس يعني ما تكلمنا فيها بالعربي أبدا والسبب الثاني هو السبب ليش احنا ما تكلمنا بالعربي انه الحلقه هذه تقابلنا مع الفنان مارتن روبنسون مارتن روبنسون هو احد محركي دوما حاليا يعتبر من اقدم اذا ما كان اقدم محرك دوما موجود على البرنامج بيشتغل كان معاهم ل او ما زال بيشتغل معاهم لاكثر من 37 سنه يحرك مجموعة من الشخصيات الأساسية في البرنامج مستر ستابلابكس اللي هو واحد زي الفيل البني الكبير ده أبو خرطوم صاحب بيج بيرد محرك واحد من الوحوش اللي اسمه تيلي مونستر لونه بنفسجي ودائما كده متردد وخايف يسوي سلايمي ذا ورم الدودة اللي صفرة وبرتقالي لونها اللي مع أوسكار ذا كراوش دائما الراجل فطحول من فطاحلة تحريك الدمى في العالم وكان موجود معنا خلال الاسبوع اللي فات عشان برنامج يفتح سمسم جاء عشان يدربنا وحاولت الاقي وقت اني انا اقعد معاه واسجل معاه حلقه قلت لنا فرصه صراحه ما تتعوض مو دائما الراجل ده بيجي والحمد لله سمحت لنا الفرصه وقدرت اقعد معاه هذه الحلقه الشونات ححط لكم بعض المعلومات عنه وان شاء الله تعجبكم كيف حالك؟ كيف حالك؟ ممكن بعد شوية. You can also hold the mic if you want. No, no. Just make sure that you talk. Only, only if I'm, only if I'm doing, you know, rock singing. Okay. Do you do any rock singing? I was in a band back in high school for, you know, about a month. A month. Singing, yeah, doing lead singing. What type of music? Rock. Yeah, you know, covers, Doors, covers, uh, what else? Uh, you know, covers a song. It's the crap band. <laughs> <laughs> I played in one band. It was my brother's band. We played one concert. We did Kiss covers. Ah. Uh, and then he kicked me out of the band after that. Uh, what, did, what did you play? Drums. Drums. And sang also. Ah. Uh. Background and one, two, two lead songs. Uh-huh. He just wanted more commitment again. Mm. Yeah, that word. Commitment. <laughs> he wanted someone who's, who's practicing and has free time to, yeah, you know, dedicate their life for rock and roll and stuff. Yeah, my band I was in wanted me to buy a seventy-five dollar microphone. So ah, I said, yeah, I didn't have seventy-five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so how 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 uh, how did you get into puppetry? Uh, puppetry? Yes. Uh, I'm sure, you said you told the story a gazillion times. Once, once or twice. Um, I start. I started out. Uh, the, the long story is, but I'll but I'll I'll shorten it somewhat. Well, we have time. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, when I was a kid, a Halloween was really important to me. The the holiday. So I would. Uh, it was. It was. It was the one day of the year when I could. Uh, you know, I could be something else. Mm-hmm. I could, you know, I, I could put on a mask and run around screaming in the neighborhood and get candy. You know, what was what could be better than that? Of course. So I. Uh, so I. You know, being kind of a shy kid, a day when you were allowed to be uh, something else, you know, crazy, a crazy wild animal, appealed to me. 
So I, uh, so Halloween was very big and I would start planning months in advance for what I was going to do. And, uh, I started getting into makeup, some very simple makeup special effects back then. Uh, so I really got excited about makeup special effects because then I could really change my face into something, you know, that wasn't, didn't look anything like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that kind of got me into acting. Uh, it's, it's a rather short step there from makeup special effects to acting. I started acting in plays in school and, uh, musicals and, um, started really getting the acting bug. Of course, you know, the same thing, you know, I'm putting on a beard, putting on a, putting on makeup and I'm something totally different. That became really my focus, uh, that and, and art. And when I, when it came time to decide what, uh, what school to go to after high school, I, uh, I was going to go to art school and I got a chance to come to acting school. Uh, my acting teacher in, in, uh, in high school put a little slip of paper that he'd ripped out of a newspaper that said, can you qualify? And it was for the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, an acting school in New York City. And I made an appointment to audition and I auditioned in Chicago and I got in. And my dad helped me pay for it. And uh, so I went to acting school in New York and left Wisconsin. And uh, started uh, in the acting business for a while. I graduated from the school uh, with, a, with a nice little degree. And uh, uh, at some point along the line, I started, I started uh, doing... I, did, I got a job with a puppet company, a, a marionette company. You graduated high, uh, college what year? Uh, that was 74. It was a two year program. Okay. So, uh, I graduated, uh, and in 75, I got a job with a marionette company and it was touring like 23 weeks with, uh, like children's fairy tales. Uh, just sending three people out in a, in a van, uh, barnstorming, uh, schools, you know, to, Two setups a day sometimes, four shows a day, uh, 75 bucks a week. And I kind of, you know, so I, I got a little bit of a taste of puppetry, uh, but I was still considered myself just a human actor. Uh, I got a job a couple of years after that with an American puppeteer named Bill Baird, who you will remember from uh, The Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, the Lonely Goat Herd number in that. And that was transformative. When I worked for Bill, I saw the, uh, the, the, uh, the combination of design, art, uh, building things and acting, uh, and realized, oh my God, I can, I can build my own character and then be that character, mm-hmm. which appealed to me like, like makeup special effects and like acting. And so I started, uh, working puppetry exclusively after that. And apprenticed with a lot of different companies, uh, kind of whoever I could get my hands on, whoever would hire me. And I learned a lot of different styles. And when I got an audition for the Muppets in 1981, uh, I had enough skills to get, uh, get my foot in the door and get invited to a, uh, a big, larger audition that they were going to have. And, uh, I don't know, there were two, two, three hundred people at this audition. Uh, massive cattle call and uh, and every day you at the end of the day you got invited back 
to the next session the next day. And that's all for one character? Or like it ended one up job? Being, it ended up being for one character. So they had to just pick one person. Yeah, but what they were doing is they were, they were, you know, a lot of people had sent them, you know, I'd, I'd sent them my picture and resume, you know, and back then it was, it was an eight, that eight by 10 picture mm-hmm. with a resume stapled to the back. There was no, you know, it was, and you sent it by mail or you handed it to the person in person. Uh, so they were bringing in a lot of people that had applied over the years. So, you know, two years later, I hear from them and, and go in, uh, a lot. Along with everyone else, and it took uh, two years to pick you. It took two years before they decided to have a this big audition, oh, this okay, big okay. mass audition. So I went into the mass audition, and every day at the end of the day, they gave you a call, and you were invited back to the next day. So I kept getting the call, and uh, after about f- five days, there were only twenty of us, and then and then Jim Henson came in, and then we actually auditioned for Jim. And before that, who was you just auditioning or training? Or? It was it, we, the, the way the way puppetry works is you can't you can't just audition; you have to train because how do you audition? You know, uh, with a skill that nobody has, <laughs> uh, you can't just say be a puppeteer and expect anything. Uh, so, and that's the way the the international uh, uh, you know workshops work too. Is you know you train, you train, you train, and then you start auditioning. When once once you expect the training to stick a little bit, uh, so uh, so Jim came in. Uh, before that, it was uh, Kermit Love was there and Carly Wilcox, who was in the shop, and some of the uh, uh, Richard Hunt, one of the one of the main Muppeteers at the time, was uh, was doing a lot of the a lot of the groups. We're this this big hotel, the Ansonia Hotel, which had big rehearsal rooms and broken up into, into groups and you'd go from group to group from person to person and run these, uh, run these drills. I don't hardly even remember what they were, uh, now, uh, since then we've really, uh, figured out how the teaching process works. That's actually one of the things that I've brought to the company is, uh, because I was taught in such a haphazard manner by this person, that person, in, you know, just giving me tips, uh, and, uh, you know, and, and I'd be performing, you know, on the show and they would <laughs> give me tips afterwards on, on how my, uh, how my, how my technique was terrible or, or how to improve it. Uh, so I wrote down basically a, a set codified system of teaching. Here's the first thing. Here's the second thing. After you learn the first two things, then you go on to the third thing and then, these are the steps. But it, you did that to help you or to help No, I else? did that because I was teaching. Okay. Uh, the first time I taught uh, was down in Mexico. That was the first international production that I taught. And it was just kind of, well, let's, uh, let's try this. Let's try this. Let's see what works. You know, okay, get up, you know, tr- you know, let's, you know, it was just, uh, it was, it was haphazard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, but at the end of the day, we, you know, we saw all the puppet, we, s- we were able to cast you know, uh, people from, from that hat haphazard system mm-hmm. after doing that for, let's see, I did that for Mexico, Canada. By the time I was working Egypt, I was starting to develop the system. And then sometime after that, I actually wrote it all down and figure out, okay, which one where goes where, what's, what's the order. And I wrote it all up and that's the system that I've used ever since. Uh, I add things to it, of course. Uh, so, 
so so yeah back back to the ansoni hotel uh back there uh jim henson showed up when there was uh uh 25 of us uh five groups of five and we we did scenes uh and he saw them and critiqued them and then there were five of us just five guys and they were we were all kind of tall uh six feet ish uh had uh, deep voices and had uh you know it had survived you know we were the last five standing uh and it turned out that there was the job was opening for the snuffleupagus character uh, which Jerry Nelson had done before that, but had uh, injured injured his back, his back yeah. and had been doing it from the booth while somebody else was inside running it. But it's it's not uh, not optimal to work him up it that way. That was the updated version, not the first version of Snuffy, the one had, that had the scary eyes. The first one had scary eyes, yeah, yellow scary eyes that one went up and one went down, and it was <laughs> it was pretty creepy. I don't know how long that lasted. Jerry was doing it from the booth, then they had to play pay three people. To do snuffy because I have two people in the two in the costume uh, and one in the, one of the booth so you know it's, it's it makes sense both monetarily and artistically to have uh, have it only be two people so uh, I I got hired I finally went down to the shop uh, where Kermit love had the uh, snuffleupagus costume and I climbed in and I walked around and uh, and then I didn't hear from him I didn't hear from him for months and I thought okay well that's it And then I got a schedule in the mail about the fall, uh, you know, when about the, about the show. And I called him up and I said, I got this schedule in the mail. What is, what does this mean? It's, it's for Sesame Street. And I said, Oh, you got the job. Didn't anyone tell you? <laughs> well, no, you know, they, they had, they had decided maybe a month earlier and no one had called me. <laughs> so, uh, that's another thing we've improved on in the company since then is we let people know right away. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I, I, I jumped into that, uh, st- uh, joining the uh, Sesame Street company back then in 1981. I, I had the, it was, I, I was, I was hired as a major character, uh, and, you know, did major parts right away. My first day on the set, I did a whole song and dance. I worked with Big Bird. We, you know, we were moving around the set. It was, uh, it was a major show with, uh, with a major character. Uh, as opposed to the way we do it now is uh, is new people you know work into the backgrounds they do right hands they do right rods they do butterflies they do background characters mm-hmm. uh, and then we work them into you know more major characters uh, uh, from there but I feel like the the, the getting the 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 puppetry uh, let's say skill set changed mm-hmm. from back then till now where it took the Like a year of working on the job just to be able to have the skills for you to be to take a lead character or to do something where now it's 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 kind of different with the with workshops and with training oh we never had the workshops back then it was it was it was like I say it was very haphazard they would they would well they you know would kind of do these workshops and then throw you into the mix um, you know large part of my training. was I would go to the Henson offices there was there's another girl that they that they kind of were bringing along at the same time and they would set up a camera and a monitor in in an office and we would just have an hour or two just to play just on our own with no one giving us any input at all uh, so we really do train our puppeteers now uh, it's it's a uh, you know and and, and 
with, with rather intense uh, workshops. And then we invite puppeteers from those workshops to come, you know, and, and then a kind of apprentice on the show. But it's, for me, I mean, when, when we're looking for puppeteers and we're looking for people to come and work with us, it's really hard to find that quote unquote it factor. Yeah. Um, because you, you can't really define what it is that makes a good puppeteer. Right. And produce, or can you? And, no, uh, and producers, producers, you know, have always asked me, okay, how are you going to do this? Show me your system, which is one of the reasons I wrote it down is just to show the producers, okay, here's, here's my plan. And, you know, they want to know, all right, who, you know, how, how do you do this and how does it work? And, you know, and, uh, and how do you know who to pick? And sometimes what it kind of comes down to is this, uh, it always, it, the system works. You're going to have to trust me. You know, I, uh, one of, I've, I've decided that one of the skills that I have is I can find the Muppeteer in the room. Uh, and it's really hard to describe that to a producer or to somebody who wants, wants to know how the system works. Uh, the system works by you, you train the people, you put them in the room, you have fun, you, uh, you, you, you know, you work out the, uh, uh, you work through the training system and you see who, you see who, uh, who takes the part. Uh, I, I, I can, you know, I can, I can eventually see the Muppeteer in the room. And, uh, and I just, I really haven't made that many mistakes. But it's like, there's, well, first of all, let's make sure that we didn't make any mistake. Did we start recording? Yes, we did. I'm uh, Amara Saban. I'm Martin Robinson. So the this the skills for me it's like first of all it's the attitude mm-hmm. um of a person it's mm-hmm. like are they a team player are yeah. they fun or not not necessarily well you don't have not all puppets are fun but it's like is it a person that's a lighthearted who isn't i don't know um but somebody who who you feel like you can work with yeah in general. and that and that and that, and that you know, it, it, it sounds like you're playing, you know, you know, like casting based on personality. Yeah. But, you know, in, but you've, you've got to find somebody that, uh, that will work in the team, that'll be supportive, that, uh, one of, one of the whole things about puppetry is, you know, you're, you're making your partners successful. Yes. Uh, and I know, I know some great puppeteers who are, you know, really world class puppeteers who I will never work with. Uh, because, you know, and no one will hire <laughs> who, who's ever worked with them before because, uh, they're a pain on the neck, uh, and they don't work well with others. Uh, and, you know, and those puppeteers, you know, should work on their own or have people just working for them who they can, you know, control to, you know, bend to their will. Uh, that's not the way I want to work. Uh, I want to work with partners, collaborators, friends people who are really uh supportive of whatever is going on yeah but you do i mean every once in a while you see someone who's good who works good with others but they're still they 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 don't mix really well with everybody else like i mean one of the things i've i've read in uh uh, several um writings about the muppets and about the puppeteers and some mm-hmm. documentaries uh, i think also in jim's biography i'm not sure but um like carol spinney 
mm-hmm. was never with the group of, let's say, quote unquote, crazies <laughs> in the team. Well, like he was always alone. He's, he's kind of a special case. Uh, everybody loves Carol Spinney. Of course. He's just wonderful. Uh, and he's a good friend, but he's also, you know, you know how, you know, some people are, are a closed system. Uh-huh. And Carol Spinney and Debbie Spinney, his wife, are a closed system. Yeah. Uh, they are pretty much all each other needs. And so, you know, there's, there's people, you know, family members that they're incredibly close with and, you know, and, you know, Muppet performers and, uh, and, uh, humans and puppeteers that they're very close with. But ultimately, it's just the two of them. But <laughs> mm. it's like when, when you see how all the other puppeteers, like, let's say the first generation, when mm-hmm. we had Jim and Frank and, uh, Nelson, uh, Hunt. Jerry Nelson and Richard Hunt. Yeah. Kathy all of Mullen. Them. They were always goofing around with each other, playing with different characters, doing all those, you know, side sketches yeah. and inserts. At the first few seasons, I think uh, Carol was what was with them. Yeah. And I can tell with, with by voices. Yeah. But eventually he, he decided stopped. he decided he didn't he wasn't interested in that. That wasn't that wasn't that wasn't part of the job that seemed to interest him. Yes. Uh, I'm sure he was good at it. But he didn't enjoy it. He didn't get off on that's, it like the rest of That's what I read, I think, in his... Oh, no, not read. I saw in his documentary. Uh-huh. Being I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that documentary. Something. I should, I I am should, I should see that, yeah. Um, and I think he felt, yeah, that he wasn't really comfortable with that part of yeah. the job, I think. And I don't know, you know, I don't know the, the details of that, um, whether they, you know, the others had, you know, more experience clowning around or whether they were a tighter group. Because of the uh, the Muppet Show mm-hmm. uh, or whatever it was, but you know, Carol always he just he loved the Big Bird. He loved Oscar, and that was enough for him. And that's a it's more than enough. It's a massive amount. <laughs> I mean, he's like he's he's amazing at what he did. Yeah, and, astounding. And, and just doing those two opposites yeah. of characters, right? Uh, but but I think part of his personality is he. You know, I can't think of a better way of saying it. they were just enough. They were all he needed. Yeah. Uh, he had, he had some other characters that he played uh, that he did on his own, a little character named Picklepuss <laughs> that he, uh, which is a cat that he did. Um, and was, you know, did some, some work with that just on his own and a little penguin that he did. Uh, but I think that was mostly just for fun. Yeah, I can't honestly for me I I I love working with like certain main characters but I feel like I can't just do th- I want to do more. Mm-hmm. I, I I have fun doing different stupid characters, you know, doing something different every time with someone else and just playing around with it. Now we don't have the luxury of having a lot of muppets or AMs with us every season because they would have to make it. I mean, it, with Sesame it's different because the shop is Almost like it's in the same city, so you can just oh we need this, so send us that, and and they work it. Yeah, you mean for our show? For your show? Oh God, you know some sometimes we'll we'll get an idea, we'll call over, and they'll put it together and run it over, you know, by lunchtime. Yeah, we don't have that luxury, but at the same time, I always I'm always eager to work on as many characters as uh-huh. possible, and I feel like it's simple for me to jump from one to another. Mm-hmm. But when you look at um, Abdullah Qasim who plays Norman, I feel like he has 
that type of spinny attitude where he's even when we get together and we goof around uh-huh. it's really hard for him to get into that yeah uh, and i think it's part of him being a method actor and he really you know go, gets into his zone that mm-hmm. he's norman and and he doesn't really he i mean he enjoys playing different characters uh and he's good at it and he's good at it but he feel like i feel like he's always like he has his own you know kind of aura around him yeah uh i don't know it's a costume character thing maybe i don't know i mean i do snufflepagus and i don't you know and i i I love doing other characters uh i mean he's he's a lot of hard work i i uh i think that's part of it even when you do a suit character (laughs) he takes a lot out of there's just no energy left at the end of the day (laughs) you're done but uh the stuff i like i mean i i You know, it, uh, I've got a, a decent stable of characters at the show that, uh, you know, that keep me keep me fairly busy. But when I really want to exercise my personal creativity, uh, you know, everything I do there is, is, is personally creative. But, you know, I, I do I have my own show that I do. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, a live, a live show that I'm working on. Yeah, I feel like that's that's really important. And. I mean, I, that now I, I worked on, on YouTube. I worked live. I worked on mm-hmm. Iftahya Simsim on television. And I did voiceover. There's something about live performance that is addictive. Yeah. Um, and I think it's maybe the energy of the crowd. And once you get that laugh, uh, because I worked, before I got to Iftahya Simsim, I did um, maybe around like 30 or 40 shows. Um, with uh, a comedy club in, in Saudi Arabia. And it was like just like, it started like an insert. They would just, we would put up a wall on stage, like a small puppet wall I did with foam boards and stuff. Um, and I would <laughs> go in always with, with the crew that's putting in the wall, mm-hmm. dressed up in a vest, like the comedy show vest like them. <laughs> and it's like I'm putting the wall together and everybody leaves and I don't leave. And that's how we, we, we put it. up mm-hmm. there without them noticing that there's somebody's coming in of course mm-hmm. family members friends know that it's me on stage but we put it up and um then they start talking then the puppet just pops up from behind the wall um and i have my mic on and everything and just start did, did you have a a set we had a show? bit yeah no we had a bit like in the middle of the show so the presenter uh-huh. of the show who's one of the comedians um and and he's talking either he presents him or he just suddenly pops up and interrupts him and it's just like a bit and back and forth that they would have and it's usually but, but it was a a written bit a pre- yeah a, a written bit yeah not you weren't just no no, no. It. i have i have my script and everything mm-hmm. and we and depending on the crowd you you ad lib a little bit yeah. um depending on what they do uh or what they say but i mean people are there prepared to laugh um You're working with comedians and stand-up comedians. I'm not a stand-up comedian, but uh, but I do comedy. And and but the energy that you get from people laughing mm-hmm. is just amazing. And you know, deciding on the fly to do something or say something or do a certain gesture. Um, he always hit on the girls <laughs> in, in the crowd, which was I mean, this is this is the fun you get, thing. You get to do everything that uh, with a puppet that you can't do yourself. Exactly, and this <laughs> this is this is the beauty of puppetry, and 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 I think you have more experience with this going from country to country, especially mm-hmm. some a lot of different cultures. Um, I found out in Saudi with a puppet, 
especially with subjects that are a bit touchy. Mm-hmm. Um, even sometimes just like, I mean, how women um, in that type of a conservative culture deal with a puppet, they completely ignore that I'm a man who's operating it. Right. And it's like, and the puppet is hitting on them and acting stupid and they just laugh and they actually expect it from it. They want to have videos with the puppet mm-hmm. hitting on them, drooling all over them, um, which is kind of awkward for me um, as, as as a person. And I had people coming in, uh, women, Saudi women, covered from head to toe and, you know, and s- really sticking their body next to the puppet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and just taking selfies and stuff, and I'm, and I'm looking at it, it's like, well, it's still my arms are inside this thing. But it's uh, it's 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 been established as you know as this other character. It's it's got the all the uh, illusion of life, mm-hmm. uh, but it's but it's not. You know, it, it, it's a uh, puppets have that this this wonderful you know safety about them. Yeah, and even when you insult them, especially when they're adults. They love it. Mm-hmm. And only with adolescents where, especially young teenage boys. Ten-year-olds are, are the worst. Yeah. They, they from, think they're so smart. Exactly. And they want to make sure that you know, uh, that they know that you're not fooling them. Yes. And I had one and one time this, uh, I think it was a woman in her mid-20s. And she had a younger brother with his group of friends. It wasn't like in a convention or something. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting part of... Uh, the convention, they asked me to be there and have just like a corner with the puppet and just entertain people. Um, and she's passing and she saw my videos and she likes the character on, on social media. That's before after Hai Simpson. Um, and she took a video with the puppet and now her brother is a bit upset because his sister is just going bananas about mm-hmm. this guy with his toy puppet. Um, and he has his friends with him and they're like acting like tough guys and i'm sitting behind a wall so all you see is a fruit and then you see my face behind him so i can interact with people it wasn't mm-hmm. like uh, a mystery or anything and whenever they want pictures i just raise them up a little bit so my head doesn't show mm-hmm. um and she's like oh please tell him to listen to me when i ask him to do stuff and behave so i told him because he's giving a heart he's giving me a hard time so i'm acting stupid with the but it's like why are you giving your sister a hard time so he's starting to act up, and it's like, well, what's in it to you, and who are you to tell me, whatever. It's like, well, that's right. What am I to tell you? And I look at his sister, trying to just joke around with it. So every time he's trying to, he's trying to insult me, I turn it into a joke. So And then he insults, and I joke back at him, so his friends started laughing at mm-hmm. him. So now he's really frustrated. <laughs> so now he he got to a point where you know what you know I'm gonna you know kick your butt I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that I'm gonna fight you and he's looking at the puppet and so when it kind of got a little bit out of hand so I told him you want to fight but still you know the, it's it's just an extreme version of the magic of puppetry yes yes so now he's fighting with a puppet mm-hmm. so and I was like and Afro is like you want a piece of me you want a piece of me and then I I put Afro down and I stand up. And I'm almost six three, mm-hmm. and and he's just like a thirteen, fourteen year old boy. Yeah. So his his face is like in my stomach. A fruit is down. I'm up, and it's like, okay, come on, man, let's go. Come on, let's go. So he. So, took, wait, it's like, but the reaction there is, who the heck are you? 
<laughs> you know, he saw me. He knows it's me. But but he, still, the the illusion is so strong. Yes. If you know, with with puppetry, if you need a little bit of technique and uh, and a lot of character, exactly. And, you know, it's 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 got nothing to I do stayed, with you. It's that's all this exactly. I stayed in character up until I stood up, mm-hmm. and now Afrut is like behind the wall. It's just me, and he just took two steps back. He didn't know what to say. It's like you better sleep with one eye open, man. <laughs> Stuff like that. But he got away and his friends were on the floor Uh laughing because he was shocked. He didn't see that coming. Uh Um, but it's, it's, it's really funny. That's That's our stock and trade. You know, is we, you know, we talk to people, we interact with them and we make them believe that the character is, you know, is real and isn't alive. But it's, 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 I see it differently from one culture to another. Hmm. It's it's changing, but how how different did you see that when you go to places like Indonesia or Bangladesh and uh, the way the culture handles puppetry? Yeah, or the way uh, I uh, would interact with the puppeteers. It's, it's funny uh, traveling from country to country. I you know I I, I start with a I start with a group. I I, I give the local producers uh, a list of attributes that I'm looking for, the least of which is puppetry. Uh, you know, stand-up comedy is one, martial arts is one, dance, music. I'm looking for people who, you know, who've studied the arts. Uh, acting is, is, is up there. Uh, stand-up comedy is right up there. And, uh, you know, so I, I get a, I get a big, big group of people to work with. And then I start auditioning, training, you know, cutting them down. Uh, not cutting them down, you know, uh, making the group smaller mm-hmm. so I can uh, concentrate more. I winnow out the, you know, the people who aren't getting it particularly quickly or don't seem to have an interest for it. Uh, but every country I go to, I made a little list of, of all the countries, you know, what I picture when I, when I, uh, look at the, go down the list is I picture a room could be anywhere, planet Earth filled with, uh, with local people, uh, that, you know, that eventually gets down to this core group, usually 10 to 15 people that I work with intensely and uh, I have almost, you know, no memory of anything besides that room, you know, and the people in the room. And then ultimately, you know, just the people I cast. So once I get, get it down to, you know, the number of people that need to be in the show, then I work really intensely with them. Uh, So my experience of all these countries is, is probably 10 people. Yeah. What, what countries did you train in? Uh, this is uh, the, the list roughly in order. Mexico, Canada, Egypt, France, Germany, Bangladesh, India, Indonesia, Russia, Northern Ireland, China, United Arab Emirates, Brazil, and Afghanistan. That's a lot of training under the bridge. Yeah. Your question was, what? How do, how do, how do the different countries well, what are the, react to... What are the things that you've noticed different from one group to another? What, what, makes, what makes these groups unusual is what makes them the same. Okay. Uh, these, you know, every one of these, every one of the people that I've, that I've chosen, that I've cast, has had that strange outlook that kind of uh we call it a, a, an iconoclast they like to break break the rules they're a little bit troublemakers sometimes 
because they don't think quite normally. So they're saying we're all a group of crazies? Well, it's a group of crazies. <laughs> if, if you took everyone, every one of those, uh, of the people that I've cast in those countries and put them in a room, first of all, you could put them in a crowded room with a bunch of other people. They'd find each other immediately <laughs> and they'd all be friends immediately. And, and, you know, here's, here's the question, which I hadn't really thought about much. You know, I'm the one choosing them mostly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I work with producers and, but mostly, uh, this is just between you and I, uh, mostly and I, everybody else. No, no, just between you. Uh, okay. you have to cut this part out. Okay. I'll cut it out. Uh, is <laughs> that I give producers, uh, lip service. I make them think they're, they're, uh, they're helping to choose them, the puppeteers, but they're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm forcing their hand. Um, but, but here's the, here's the, here's the nice part of that. Usually, oh God, and always the puppeteers who are, who are meant to play a part will rise to the surface. They'll take, they'll, they'll, they'll stand up and say, that's me for the job. And, you know, and they won't do it that way. They'll do it by being being the best being the most appropriate working hardest caring the most mm-hmm. i just love it when that happens it's just so much fun uh, i had some tears the other night at the end of uh, end of l- last night's session the last bit of the day uh, one of the girls you know whose technique had been a little a little uh, dicey uh, all of a sudden started putting it together and she did a scene that was really nice really sweet very simple no no big flash character but it it really worked and it was so gratifying to see just to see somebody get the material and to start and to start taking it to a you know a place of her own choosing uh you know so to the point where she can you know hopefully in the weeks and months to come uh, really bring of herself and and uh and you know reveal herself through this puppet and which is which is the essence of what we do. So the question is, are these intrinsically Muppet people or are these the people that I like? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> uh, I would like to think that I'm impartial. Okay. And only looking at talent. But, you know, there's a lot of intangibles that I'm also looking at too, which is, you know, the working well with others and, you know, and how, uh, you know, can they make the room laugh? Mm-hmm. Once you start getting the technique, I start listening to the room, you know, just a, just part of my attention on the rest of the puppeteers, the cameraman, the guy sitting over there in the corner of the coffee machine. And all of a sudden, if I hear them laughing at what somebody is saying, a little mental thing goes off in my head. And I said, okay, this person can, you know, can handle the room. Yeah. Can, uh, can make people laugh. Well, other, other than myself, because uh, they told you that, oh, Ahmad is working on the show. That's because right. Because I came in later. Yeah. Yeah. I did you have this? Yeah. I didn't cast you. Yeah. Did, did this happen in any other country? Where they said, here's your person? Yes. Ooh. Interesting. Uh, when I went to Canada, Canada was all cast. I was just training them for that. I went to, when I went to Germany, they were mostly cast. I was doing, I was brushing up and okay. I cast two new people for that, for that show. So yes, some of the, some of the companies I wasn't in from the ground up. Of course, the ones that, that I'm in from the ground up are the ones that, you know, that, you know, that I trained from scratch and that I chose and that, you know, and then in, 
go back in subsequent years mm -hmm. and train them. You know, this is my what my third trip here, I think. Yes, at least uh, I've been to Bangladesh probably six times. Uh, so, so you really get close to people after after that kind of yeah. that kind of intensity, and you've you've been through the the classes. Uh, uh, for those of those who haven't, the classes are very intense, and, and you, it gets once once you start getting through some of the basics of how to work a puppet, you get into the why you work a puppet, yeah. and uh, you know, and what does this really mean, and what's this, you know, what's the symbolism of puppetry, and how do you how do you use the strengths of puppetry uh, as a really highly effective communication tool. And once you have this highly effective, personal, you know, deeply psychological communication tool, what do you do with it? I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of responsibility when you have uh, a character that's that strong uh, and a, a type of uh, information system that, that's that powerful. Uh, you have to be careful about what you're teaching. You, you got to be. You got to be sure that your curriculum is solid mm -hmm. and that you're not just messing around, or you know, because people will pay attention. Kids, yeah, kids and, will listen. And it's it's as as you said, it's not easy because I remember two years ago when I had the first training with you just to get uh, approved for Gurgur and Kaki. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I do remember that I, I, or I think I remember that I did not get a lot of laughs in any of the bits that I did because I was more focused on getting the technique and actually getting the job. Mm -hmm. And I was more nervous. And that was the first, let's say, sesame training that I got. Yeah. You, um, you were always very, very serious. You're, 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 I get a feeling that you're a very methodical guy and like to do things, you know, in order by the numbers and, and, uh, yeah, in, in, uh, well, I, I'm like that in my job. Mm -hmm. Um, I've and then, you know, and, th and this is a job, but, and, and once you, once you get everything in order, then you have to just, you know, go a little crazy and have fun. Exactly. So at the time, first of all, I didn't believe that I was there. <laughs> so, and I didn't want to screw it up. So I, I really wanted to work hard, and I was working on two characters, not just one. Yeah. Um, and before my the, the puppetry I did like on YouTube and some live shows, I never had any acting experience other than mm. maybe just goofing around with my you know siblings and cousins and stuff, doing videos before YouTube and before inter internet. We used to do these parodies and just put them on VHS and show the whole family and they get to laugh at it. So when I'm asking you to dig deep and get personal and, uh, and, and show me all this emotion, uh, associated with the characters, it, it was, was really hard. Yeah. Um, and it, I was in an, and I, it wasn't a comfort zone for me to actually do that. Right. And, and, you know, and as, as you know, with, with, with my classes, uh, they finally get to the place where they're, they're not comfortable. I, I yeah. want you to be uncomfortable. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, what, what happens, what happens to a person when they're uncomfortable is, is, is kind of interesting. You know, I think humanity is obsessed with being comfortable and being pain free and, you know, and kind of not being challenged mm -hmm. sometimes. And I think all those things are really useful. 
Uh, I mean, I could do without, you know, massive amounts of physical pain, but, uh, but, you know, but, um, you know, emotional. emotional pain. I mean, that's, that's, that's our lot in life as, as humans. I mean, if you're going to be in a relationship, if you're going to be with another human being, you know, in, in any kind of relationship, if you're going to get married, if you're going to have kids, if you're going to have a mom, if you're going to have a dad, mm. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, uh, there's lots of wonderful human issues that are going to be involved there. Yeah. And not every one of them is pretty. And not every one of them is, uh, is, you know, is really kind and, uh, and sweet and supportive. You know, we go through some hard times as people. And I think, yeah, it, 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 it we do, we do. And, and for me, uh, the first training I had was, I, I was nervous a lot because I worked so hard to get there. Mm hmm. And I didn't even think that I would get there. Yeah. But then I was. And then here I am with uh, a Muppeteer from Sesame who I grew up watching and mm -hmm. training me to do the characters I grew up watching. Yeah. Um, it's really good as a, as a trainer to, you know, to remember how, how important it is. And, you know, I, I, it's, you know, it's my job and, you know, and that I have to tell some people they don't have the job and some people they do have the job. Uh, and, and I've come to accept the responsibility of making a choice. Uh, I've, I've, I've earned the right <laughs> to make a choice, mm -hmm. but sometimes my man, is it, you know, it's, you know, there's, there's, there's tears of, of both kinds. God, the, the girl that I cast in, uh, in Brazil for Elmo, uh, you know, I found out later that, you know, she had, showed me pictures of herself when she was four years old, you know, in an Elmo costume and all of her Elmo birthday cakes that she'd had. And she was just obsessed with Elmo. And here, here she is cast as Elmo, you know, in, in, in her country. Uh, and she just, it was just overwhelming. Yeah. And, you know, and this is, this is a girl who said she wanted, you know, I've got a group of maybe, I had to bring me 25 people auditioning and, uh, it was a big audition and they were, these people were good and they had had some experience of all kinds. And she said she wanted to audition for, for Elmo. And I said, all right, I don't usually, just so you know, I don't usually cast, uh, against gender. I think boys should play boys and girls should play girls for goodness sakes. It's, uh, it's, you know, kids are smart and they can tell, they can tell the difference. Uh, and I said, you know, so, Knowing that I have this tendency, fine, audition, you know, and, uh, you know, I'll give you a, a, a fair shot at it. And, uh, and, you know, I did one, you know, a couple of days later and she's, and I, and I raised my hand to the group and said, all right, all right, guys, this girl's walking away with this part. <laughs> Anybody wants this part, they've got to be better than her. Uh, <laughs> and she just kept walking with it. It was great. Uh, it was one of those wonderful times. But at that, on that same day, when I said, I'm sorry, go home, you're not going to get this job. You know, there's lots of other of kinds of tears too. Of course. I mean, I can, I can understand. Um, but it's once you get over that. And I think for me, not getting the job the first time I applied, even though nobody knew that nobody I applied. Nobody knew. If I had, if um, I had seen your application, you would have gotten the job. I should look for that video. Because I remember, because, you know, some of the ham-handed non-puppeteers that I had to look at that first time, <laughs> that was embarrassing. You know, I, we, you know, we joke about some, you know, just how 
outstandingly terrible some of these people are who are auditioning. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it just, I wouldn't change it. Even if I if I had the chance, uh-huh. because it 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 taught me a lot. It got me out. Of, I don't think before that I would have had the the you know the commitment to do whatever it takes to get it. Mm-hmm. Because being in a in a situation where I had to do puppetry because I wanted to do puppetry, and nobody was paying for it, and I did it for free, yeah. and I had to do it myself. Working and, working working comedy in front of a live audience, man, that is a great training. Exactly, um, and and just working on your timing, knowing how, getting all those fears of failing. I mean, even the concert I told you I, I sang mm-hmm. at because we had a rehearsal just before it, and the last song I was doing was um, I think "Rainbow in the Dark" because we rehearsed it, and you have to hit that high pitch with that voice. And when I do voices, I I, I want to do the same voice of the same person. Uh-huh. And I lost my voice when we actually did the did the song on stage. When you come and hit the high notes, mm-hmm. my voice is gone. So you play it off as just taking the mic away from your, just as like, Sheesh. yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it was really embarrassing for me, but it happened. And I survived it yeah. and nothing happened. So you you get fearless after that. And that's the thing I was telling somebody the other day is like, when when you go through that in life and when you go through the lows yeah. and you have no income and nothing is coming mm-hmm. and and I was I always tell people that when I have talks and stuff that I okay I had a job as an architect paid very well I had it, it's respectable in Saudi and everything and then I had no job and I was doing puppetry nobody understood it nobody respected it I even had one woman in 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 a in a Ramadan festival come up to me and it's like aren't you ashamed of yourself like a grown man with a beard and everything and just working this toy uh-huh and I looked at her, I told her, and this is what I got from, you know, doing ad lib and doing, you know, improv and stuff. It's like, well, this toy, people pay me like 10,000 reals an hour to play with it. So mm. should I play with it or not? And she just looked at me, she says, do you have another toy to play, for me to play with? Because Good. I knew this is something they respected. That's, so yeah. I just, you know, gave it back to her. Um, but that wasn't me. Uh, five years ago, before I left my uh-huh. job and did this, that wasn't me. But now I'm... I can leave any job, and I'm not fearing. That's that's very that's very freeing. Exactly, yeah. because I know I can make money. Yeah. And in 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 eight months, um, after le- like after starting doing puppetry with no job in a in a market and in an industry that's not looking for something like this. Mm-hmm. Any business school that tell you look what the market is looking for, right. go into that. Right. I went into something that I had to explain to people what I'm doing. Right. Even podcasting. Right. Nobody knows what it is in Saudi when we started three mm-hmm. years ago. And in, in eight months I made two hundred and eighty thousand reals. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that a lot? Well, it's well three hundred seventy five thousand reals is a hundred thousand dollars. Uh-huh. So just close to a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars in my in in just eight months, um, and without professional training, yeah, I had to make up everything on my own. I didn't do marketing. I didn't. It's like everything was just self-made, you know. Mm-hmm. So after that, it's like you have a superpower. It's like you know, I can just resign now and just. I, yeah. I know I'll I'll be fine. I know I can. Any, anything that subtracts fear from your life is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, studying martial arts for me is, you know, it's, it's just, you know, it's, yeah, it's a great exercise, but it's, it subtracts fear. I've, you know, I can, you know, I can, 
I have confidence going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's just, and, and that's the greatest gift. Uh, you know, uh, surviving, you know, the, you know, my, you know, my first marriage breaking up, you know, I think, Oh, you know, if, if I only had, I'd met Annie, uh, you know, earlier and, and, you know, we could have been together longer. Uh, no, I had to, I had to, you know, I had a great first marriage, you know, and then it, you know, exploded in my face. And, uh, you know, but I had to go through that. And, and once you learned things. In yeah. That. And, and I survived it. And, you know, if I could survive that, you know, yeah, do your worst. I can, I can survive anything. And, you know, and so I came to my second marriage with this, this, this wonderful attitude. And, you know, a very appreciative attitude, too. And that's the thing. A lot of people are afraid of failing, and it's it's failure that really teaches you mm -hmm. what how not to fail. Oh, God. <laughs> and it, which is weird. It's like, you, it's like you have to die to learn how not to die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's... Well, uh, like when, when, when teaching puppetry, you know, I, you know, don't... You know, I don't, I don't want to see your angst. I don't want to see your, your fear of failure here or you or ever watch anyone beat themselves up for... For not knowing how to yes. do puppetry, because nobody knows how to do puppetry, uh, right off the bat. Uh, yeah, so I'm looking, uh, looking for that, that type. And you know, and, and ultimately that's, you know, that's, that's a, a life lesson. It is. And, um, but I, I hear a lot of people come up to me and, and again, when I, when I meet them and their major issue is that they don't know what it is that they're supposed to do in life. Mm. Everybody's looking for that. Yeah. Which is, which is, which is always baffling to me that, you know, and, you know, and, and a little, and a little sad that they've gotten this far and they still really don't know what they want to do. Uh, when I, you know, I go back for, to like high school reunion, uh, you know, and see people from, you know, from my, my childhood and they say, Oh, you know, they'll say, Oh, you, Yeah, you you were special. You had it. Uh, you know, you had it easy. You know, you got lucky. You were always different. The only thing that made me different was I knew what I wanted to do back then when I was a kid, and I followed that path. And I didn't know exactly where it would lead, but I knew what path I wanted to be on, and you know, and I followed it. Uh, you know, religiously. And when I came to a fork in the road, I had this choice, I had that choice. I knew what choice I wanted to make. I knew which route, which road to take. And, you know, and that led me to each, you know, each point along my life. Uh, you know, and I, I've got friends, you know, from, from back in the old days, you know, who still aren't quite sure what they want to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you don't know what you want to do, you probably won't do anything. <laughs> exactly. But it's like they have trouble, you know, locating it. But I think sometimes it's not a ju just about what it is. That I think everybody knows what they want to do, but they have these barriers. It's like, well, society, oh, um, prestige, uh, my parents yeah. sometimes in, the, in this yeah. part of the world. Um, and I think, I mean, for me, why I didn't go into puppetry early on, because we didn't have television productions. Mm-hmm. But I, we did, but not at the scale of like the States or even Egypt or, or Kuwait or, you know, a lot of other places. Um, that's one of the things that has changed, you mm -hmm. know, in, you know, back when, when I was a kid, you know, puppetry wasn't an option. 
nobody nobody wanted to be a puppeteer. There was no training for a puppeteer. There were no jobs as puppeteers. Yeah. It was just kind of a, a novelty thing that some people kind of ended up doing. Uh, but now with, you know, with the success of so much of the Muppet stuff and then, and, you know, and, and the su- success of the Muppets has, has spawned, you know, hundreds, thousands of other companies and jobs and opportunities. And people are growing up now thinking, knowing that this is, this is something you can do. This is a job. This mm-hmm. is a, this is some, you can, you can study it. There's school, there's a school in Connecticut, uh, in stores, Connecticut, that's got a master's degree in puppetry. There's a, you know, Caltech has a good program. Uh, Sarah Lawrence has a great program. There's programs all over the place. And then, and then once you go someplace to learn, you can actually make a living doing this. This is, you know, this has all happened in my lifetime. <laughs> well, speaking of the Muppets, because I know people who like this and love puppetry and these type of shows will kill me if I don't ask you about this, but tell us something about Jim Henson because you work with oh, him. Oh, I, I, I'm actually one of the few Muppeteers left that actually has worked with him. Carol did, of course, me, Carmen. Carmen worked with him and Pam. Uh, we're the last ones that I was the new guy for so long and now and now I've got seniority at Sesame now that uh, that Carol has uh, has retired uh, working with working with uh, it was it was great working with Jim um, you know you just kind of watched the master at work and he was you know he wasn't uh, he didn't say a lot you know I'm t- you know when you, when you when you think of Jim you don't think of him sitting there talking about stuff you know, I've seen him talk on videos more than I remember him talking in real life. Uh, of course, you know, when you're doing, when you're doing the scene, you know, you're doing lines, you're doing a script. And, you know, he, he would do, uh, do Ernie and he would do Kermit the Frog back when Kermit was back on Sesame and, uh, whatever other character he was playing. But between bits, you know, he just wasn't that verbal or gregarious a guy. Uh, you know, in, you know, you know, very personable and very sweet. Uh, we, we used to always, I mean, the joke is, you know, he'd watch, we'd watch the playback, uh, and he'd go, hmm. And that kind of meant we'd do it again. <laughs> uh, and if you, if you went, hmm, a little higher, uh, maybe, maybe it was okay. Uh, maybe we'd do it again, maybe not, but you, and if you went, hmm, lovely, then that was it. It was done. <laughs> Uh, and you know, and I, that's one of the, I just uh, used to love just watching the bits back and listening for the little comments, uh, you know, and, and the relationship between he and Richard Hunt, who just never cut him any slack at all. He never, Richard Hunt never cut anybody any slack. And Jerry Nelson, who was just fun and just wonderful and inappropriate. God, they all were. <laughs> Uh, and John Stone, one of our main directors, and uh, Frank Oz, who's uh, just seeing Frank and Jim work together, was part of my formative training with Jim and Frank. This is, this is how they trained back then. Is I, I went through the you know with their audition process, and I got hired to do Snuffy. Part of the simple process of their training was uh, you know I was I was the new guy, and they were doing business meeting films. It was just Jim and Frank 
doing these two business meeting characters. Have you ever seen those films? There's one, like the perfect uh, employee, and they get an AM Muppet, and they stick a nose in him. That's probably, I... yeah, that's that's one of them. They, uh, there were two characters, Leo and Grump. Okay. Leo and Grump might have been the name of the two characters. And then there were other other characters that would, you know, just, you know, pizza delivery man and this person and a little Red Riding Hood. And I played all those characters. It was just the three of us at Metro Media shooting these things. And and they would give me pointers and I would do Cookie Monster's right hand and I would do uh, Leo's right hand and I would do Kermit's rod and I just would feel my way through it and I'd do what I thought was right. And they would, you know, they would give me pointers and that was it. It was a week of doing that. That was, that was my early training. And then we would do inserts all together. And that was just the Muppeteers, no, yeah. no human actors. Uh, and, and we learned a lot on those. Those were, those were very instructional. Yeah. I remember seeing a video of you right handing, uh, I think Ernie in the snowman bit. Mm hmm. You were with Jim on that one. There's, oh, yeah. the one where uh, uh, the snowman he, is cold and he, he takes he, go, uh, he it takes, takes he takes all of Ernie's clothes off and puts them on the uh, all of Bert's clothes off, yeah, and put it on. The that's snowman. the one that starts with uh, uh, he, he he doesn't breathe. Uh, yeah, he's got a he's got a carrot for now. So, well, maybe he breathes through his carrot, Bert. Ernie, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, so I'm in that. You know, yeah. I, I remember these bits, uh, but that was a long time ago. It was, and and. Uh, you know, I have the ability to memorize scripts very quickly yeah. and to forget them almost as quickly. <laughs> yeah. There was a b another bit also in one of the Sesame documentaries, old documentaries that I saw on YouTube. And it was when Ernie was uh, like with the overalls in the farm and he had the honkers with him. The honker the ducky dinger jamboree? Yes. You yeah. were one of the honkers. No, I was a dinger. Dinger. Oh, yeah. I was yeah, the yeah. dinger. I was, dinger. That, was, that, was, that, was, that was the inauguration of the dingers. I was the first dinger. So every other dinger after that is, you know, is an approximation of my performance. So honkers honk their noses and dingers had dingers. the bells ding, on ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah the top of their head. They, they have no words. They just uh, honk and ding. <laughs> there's still a honker that we put in every chance we can uh, in working in Hooper's store. Whenever there's a background shot, the honker's always there. Shining a glass or, yeah. or rubbing off the uh, the counter, <laughs> and one of us always plays it. We pass it around. Can you can you do some of the voices? Uh, the main characters. Um, hello, Omar. This is your old pal, Mister Snuffle Upagus. <laughs> I'm sitting here with a cup on my mouth, <laughs> but uh, it, it's really me. I love it when people say. Oh, oh, you sound just like Mr. Snuffleupagus. And <laughs> here's the funny part. I am Snuffleupagus. You know, I don't sound like him at all. I am him. That's just the way it goes. Sorry. So, yeah, I do snuff. I do telly. Oh, no. What are we going to do now? This is terrible, Oscar. No. Oh. Uh, that's, yeah, that, that's the one that blows out the mic all the time. Uh, I do Slime to the Worm, who's mostly, mostly nonverbal. So I, I have the honor of working the, the largest Muppet. You know, Thog might be larger. Thog is a, is a, is a Muppet that's on the, uh, the classic Muppets that was on the yeah. Muppet show. 
he might have more mass and volume. I don't know. But Snuffy's pretty much the, he's, well, he's definitely the biggest one on Sesame. And then Slimy the Worm, who's the smallest. You did Buster also. I do Buster the Horse, who is Forgetful Jones's horse. I do uh, Irvine, which, God, we used to do a lot of Irvine. Irvine is uh, Oscar's horrible niece. Uh, I did Irvine before I had kids. So Irvine, Irvine was my revenge on all children. <laughs> Just a horrid, I think I horrid remember child. Her. Yeah. It was very high, squeaky. She is almost nonverbal, but she had a few words. I did Oscar's mom for a while, which was the most terrible character I've ever played. She was just horrible. I don't know how I got away with doing this horrible character. It was the <laughs> voice was so harsh and so screechy. And she was such an evil, evil, nasty, smelly thing. <laughs> uh, I don't know how I ever got away with that. Uh, oh, the Martians. I love playing the Martians. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, yeah. Some people, some, uh, more often than not, people say, Oh, you, you play Snuffy? Oh, oh, that's great. Yeah, I know. He's the big one. And Telly, oh, yeah, he's, what, what, I don't, do I know Telly? And then you say, Oh, I do the Martians. You do the Martians? Oh my God. Uh, there's a lot of Martian fans out there. Yeah. I mean, I remember my brother, my older brother and I used to always well, do it when we were, we're younger. Very big in the college market. <laughs> No, but they were one of my favorites. Yeah. Some people find them scary. They're a little creepy. Yeah. You know, those big, huge eyes and little tentacles, and they're just anthrop- just little shapeless, formless, like jellyfish things. Yeah. They were made out of hats. Made like out of hats. hats. Yeah. Somebody bought a bunch of hats and said, you know, maybe we can make these into something. And they did. <laughs> Stuck a couple of ping pong balls and a couple of rods and, and, uh, a couple of pipe cleaners. Yeah, oh, I, I was playing a character named Old MacDonald for a long time. Uh, a little a little Scotsman. Uh, got to be a very angry little Scotsman <laughs> uh, who was just uh, just a bundle of anger and it was always always just, just ready to burst himself at the seams because his animals were always doing something terrible. Yeah, I remember Old MacDonald. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was a tight little guy. Uh... Else, you know, you know, we we there's certain characters that that you do all the time, and then some that you do here and there uh, that are uh, that become kind of regular characters. Oh God, there I used to do a character named Monty all the time. Monty was one of my main characters. Uh, it was a it was a takeoff. It was a tribute <laughs> takeoff to uh, Monty Python. Okay, uh, kind of the John Cleese character. Uh-huh. And he wore a a gray flannel suit and wore a bowler hat and was just as insane as he could be. He was, he was really, really nuts. Uh, we, one of my favorite combinations, it's, it's always the combination of characters yeah. that, that uh, do it for me. And he was combined with Prairie Dawn very often. Okay. So you had this lunatic, <laughs> uh, dressed, you know, in a, in a bowler suit, uh, a bowler, you know, in a suit and, 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 hat. and hat. And, uh, there's, there's a video, pull this up, uh, called Watermelons and Cheese, which is how he answered the phone. And it's uh, this whole song called Watermelons and Cheese. Uh, and, and paired up with Prairie Dawn, who's very straight laced and very like, likes things just, just by the book. And she's a very proper, proper young girl. 
they would put these two together and she would, and he would drive her mad. And sometimes at, at the end of a number of bits, they would t- put tiny little pupils in her eyes, take her pupils off, put witsy little ones on and make her hair all frizzy and, uh, and, and give her a, give her a twitch, yeah. uh, <laughs> to show how, how she had, uh, had reacted to his, his, uh, insanity. I think the best, best bits are always like at least two, two people or two puppets just playing off of each other. Yeah. Those are the best. Yeah. Which is what I was trying to do in the, uh, in the workshop today. And then, then there's, and then there's characters that you do that are, uh, that are just what we call one-offs, which is just, you know, we need, you know, this is, uh, this, this story is about a bully. And, you know, and the bully comes in and, you know, and then he's in and he, you know, we, we teach the lesson we need to lean, do and, uh, and he's out, you know, see him again. Uh, so, uh, there's, and then when we kind of pass, pass around the one-off characters, some, some of the Muppet performers, uh, tend towards one-off. Uh, Tyler Bunch plays a lot of those characters. Joey Mazzarino used to play a lot of them. Uh, you know, I get my fair share, which is nice. Uh, Pam Marciero does a, does some nice ones. Before we go off, any advice for aspiring puppeteers? What should they do? Uh, advice for puppeteers? Find a teacher that you really trust uh, and who who's working in a style that you like. I mean, there's all kinds of puppetry out there. I mean, Muppet style is a style of puppetry. It's just it's the style that Jim Henson. Mm-hmm made famous and then because it became so famous it kind of spread worldwide and because of sesame international and all, all of our work with the international productions there you know you, you get you get sesame street you get you get you get the muppet style you get muppet style you get my training or me or or, or one of my co-workers but it's but that's a you know that's a standardized system that really works well for television style mm-hmm. puppetry. Uh, there's all you know if you're in Indonesia, for goodness sakes, you know work with a dalang and learn uh, shadow puppetry if uh, or or the Wang Golek or uh, or the you know the uh, the you know Chinese opera puppets. They're stunning. Um, there's you know there's you know there's traditional you know, puppetry in, in, in most countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to, you know, so I'm, what I'm saying is that Muppet style is not the be all and end all of puppetry. It's just tends to be the most popular style for television. I think it's the most, um, easy on the eye style <laughs> for me. Well, it's for you, you know, it's, it's because, you know, when it comes to television, it's become, it's become standard, you know, but, you know, but here's the thing, you know, the most popular thing, the thing that you see all the time becomes the thing that you want to see, that you need to see. So, so there, you know, before Jim Henson kind of established the, his style of lip sync and his style of performing, which, you know, which you see the old, the old stuff on yeah. Salmon Friends. And that was some of that was pretty rough. Uh, even the stuff, uh, there, there's, there's stuff that was, you know, done in the early days of Sesame Street, uh, that is totally unacceptable by our standards today. 
<laughs> like uh, the Monsterpiece Theater bit that you did the first one with Telly, I think. Uh, with, I There's one know. next to a tree. Uh, you know, my, 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 the first eight years of my <laughs> you don't work. Remember anything? No, I don't remember <laughs> that. The first eight years of my work is totally unacceptable by today's standards. Uh, and it's just, it's just barely adequate. It was just a, just, good enough mm-hmm. to you know to keep me on but i mean th- what- but, but but that's because you know and and the, and the, but that might but those might have been standard you know somewhat standard at the time but by today's standards it's unacceptable and yeah and i see the difference once we we you, you taught us that and and i go back and look at the old ones it's like mm, okay focus oh this oh that you want to want a real eye opener look pull pull the first video of jim henson doing rubber ducky Oh yeah, I the saw video. that. It's one hundred percent unacceptable by today's standards. <laughs> <laughs> He's terrible. It's it's shot terrible. Uh, the standards go up. Yeah. Uh, even even you know, even ten fifteen years ago, uh, the stuff that we shot on Sesame Street is uh, is you know we've moved beyond that stuff. We're better than that. Now. Yeah, I, I understand. But what I'm saying is that um, the, what whatever they developed was uh good for television meaning let's say how you the, the you know the eyes and nose triangle that mm-hmm. they do for the muppets that gives you focus mm-hmm. the lip syncing with your thumb instead of the upper part of your mm-hmm. of the puppet's head with your other fingers i mean all of that made the puppetry look better and and that's i mean i understand yeah. that it became standard but i uh-huh. think it became standard because it looks better Yeah, and that's and that's a it's a slippery slope, and it's a and it's a tricky tricky place you're going. But, yeah, and I think you and I think it looks better, mm-hmm. but back when there was a very popular show called Kukla Fran and Ali, uh, I saw that that you've seen, uh, and the you know the the dragon had a type of lip sync, but it was just here and there. Yeah, and you know, and I remember seeing that when I was a kid and thinking that it was just brilliant. That the thing was alive, mm-hmm. uh, and that it was, you know, it was the coolest thing I've ever, I'd, I'd ever seen. I loved the characters, so you know that was that was the standard back then. Um, But it's, I mean, this is, I mean, for me, we didn't have uh, a lot of the Muppets. Mm-hmm. Actually, the Muppets did not show on Saudi television ever. Because I think primarily because of Miss Piggy, but um, uh, <laughs> she is but, she is terrible. Just handful. because she's a pig. Oh, that's right. Has nothing to do with anything else. But it's um, I saw a lot of other puppet shows, um, which had styles that differed from the 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 Muppet style. But once I saw the Muppets, and once I saw it, like Sesame Street, I felt like. There's something there, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's part partly also how they you know Jim and everybody pushed the envelope. You guys when when it came to you know you overdoing sets, it's mm-hmm. not something that anybody else can do. Especially on the Muppets, it's like nobody can afford to do that. How you know a whole set for just one number, um, yeah. and 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 then you and throw a, it away. A set that a that a full full scale well Muppet scale. Uh, train you know breaks yeah. through and you know and destroys the thing exactly. you get one take and that's it exactly so I, i was in that pit you worked on the muppets on the muppet show no no that, that we, we did a bit like that on sesame on sesame street yeah. but this is what i'm saying it's 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 
you see that and you can't unsee it. Once yeah. you're there and, and it's like, oh, Once, this, you know, this it, is, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the, the technique, you know, slowly evolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is normal. It, yeah. And the, so, so the technique that he developed on Salmon Friends, you know, and doing all those, you know, all those variety shows and doing that Sullivan show and all, you know, he was the king of variety shows for a while. And, you know, really established that specific style that became, that, that, that you know, that was, it's a super strong style. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't, I would be very interested in what my reaction would have been to that when I was a little kid. Uh, it's just one of the reasons why kids react to us so strongly is when you get that technique so, so, you know, so well and so clear and you, and you, you know, the nuances of the character are so strong, uh, the kid can't help but be fascinated. And that's what happened to me. And, and, and I remember my fascination f- primarily was with how the hell is Ernie operated? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I can see his fingers moving. I can see his forearm going to his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, his arm, sorry, going to his shoulder. Yeah. And I don't see anybody, like nobody can fit their arm there. And okay, to both hands are working and his head is working. It's like, how are they doing this? Yeah. And when Muppets, you know, carry stuff with, with a rod and it's like, how are they doing that? And of course, my little brain could not understand them cutting mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, shooting it again and stuff. But, you know, that magic that they created, that you guys created, mm-hmm. um, it's, that's what captivated me is like, I, I want to be part of that world because there's something going on over there. Mm-hmm. And if I just can take this glass off this television, I know I can jump right in with yeah. him. <laughs> and you kind of did. Uh, eventually, I kinda, yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what made it come full circle for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that style, because I saw there's this puppet show i think that came from britain where they had a hippo like character and another character with a zipper on his zippy zippy oh god that is the worst character ever exactly and i had to see that because that's sometimes that's what we had on television and i and and when i want to unsee that i go and pop a video from whatever my mom used used to record from the states and and watch the muppets and but a character with a zipper for a mouth yeah and every time they want to shut him up they zip it up zip it luck that is so inappropriate And, and, and I don't know if you remember that his, his voice, his voice was kind of like this. It was, yeah. It was, you couldn't, couldn't understand the word he said. I, I don't know. Who thinks that's a proper <laughs> voice for anything? <laughs> But it's like, and, and it's not just the puppetry is the craziness, the randomness. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite parts, like on, on, on the Muppets was, um, um, veterinarian hospital. Oh, yeah. It's a story of, and, and just those one-liners and uh-huh. innuendos and, you know, Gonzo with his bike flying and hitting, uh. They must have had so much fun on that show. Yeah. And, and you take that also to Sesame Street, which is like an educational show. Yeah. And it still has oh, that we crazy still, Muppet, yeah, we, yeah. you know, uh, attitude and writing. We try to work as much craziness into it as we can. And we're trying to do that with Iftah Simpson. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I think that's, that's what really resonates with everybody. And I think when I, when I dig deep to know why it is 
that I love this part, this this job, and why it is that I wanted to become a puppeteer and a a voice actor and and all of that. I I think, and I'm like ninety nine percent sure because um, I sat with a coach, uh, with a life coach, which uh, which is my brother, which is convenient, and and he said it's something that happened in your childhood that mm. made you want like this and made you want to really do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it it took a while uh but then i discovered that it was because of my mom who uh, who used to sit with us on saturday mornings um and whenever cartoons and and, and shows were there and she loved cartoons mm. and she used to watch with us oh that's great and it's at the time where she was studying for her masters and phd so she was busy mm-hmm. a lot of the time but she also spent time with us so the so the the few hours of the day that we spent together she was watching shows with us and mm. she loved sesame street and she loved the muppets mm. and i think she used to always laugh and i think whenever she laughed at something i used to ask questions about what what's ha- what's happening and why did she laugh and she i love that when when you, kids listen to when parents laugh and they you know they start developing uh their sense of humor and sense of curiosity mm-hmm. uh you know why is that funny uh my girls ask me that all the time and i think that's where i developed the sense of you know what if she's paying attention to that and that's making her laugh and she loves that i want to be that mm-hmm. and 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 it, i think it helped because she always compared me to cartoon characters so she always used to call me Bugs Bunny because uh, mm. I had two teeth <clears throat> when I started having teeth, the two front teeth, uh-huh. and I used to nibble on everything. Huh. Um, and she also used to call me Ernie because I had a round head and, uh-huh. and I was just goofing off all the time. Um, and I think subliminally that made me want to be those characters. Yeah. Um, and and just watching it and having fun with it. And I saw that in my daughter. When I, when she was younger and I used to watch Futurama or The Simpsons, SpongeBob, whatever it is, or even Sesame Street when they were growing up. And every time I laugh at something, I always catch her looking at me, mm. looking at the screen and thinking. It's like, yeah. okay, what's, where's the joke? And eventually as she grew up, she started trying to make me laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and to this day, she's like, she's the, the most of my kids who always wanted to be a comedian and, and she always jokes around and does stupid stuff and funny stuff to make to make me laugh and gets my sense I of humor. That's part of uh, part of how how kids develop a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's really healthy, and it's healthy for us to joke around and and mm-hmm. and goof around with each other mm-hmm. and know because we have a lot of standards here of like parents. You should respect your parents. You shouldn't really you know mm-hmm. act stupid with them. And and I have a rule at home. Um, if, if you're gonna disrespect me with a joke, like make me the butt of a joke, I, you're not in trouble if it was funny. <clears throat> if it was not. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> and, and you're, you're the final, final, uh, yeah. If you make me say laugh, whether it's, whether no, it's, no, if you, yeah, if you make me laugh, good. um, you get points for that. Huh. You're getting a laugh like that out of dad. You're going to get a lot more of that. <laughs> Congratulations, dad. Yeah. Yeah, so thank you very much. I know it's it's uh, it's been a long week. Been a long week. It's been a long day. Uh, yeah, emotional yeah, day. Yeah, 
and you giving me the time to do this. Uh, I really appreciate it. But I thought no we're not going to get another chance like this for a long time. Not, well, well, I'm sure we're going to get together some other time. Hopefully. We've got, we've got a lot of years ahead of us. Yeah, hopefully. Um, I think it's a lot easier for me to get to go to New York. You're welcome anytime. <laughs> to meet you there than having you coming here every two years. Yeah. My, my girls, when I, when I told them I was coming to see you, they said, okay, that's all right. Um, you're going to see Yamar. Well, that's, oh, they remember me. Oh, well, you're, you're carved right where Ripley sits. Oh, okay. My, 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 my table at home is, 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 uh, you, my guests carve it. It's, it's my, it's my guest book. If you have a meal at my house, you, uh, you carve your name into the, into the table. And I had a lot and of And you're right minutes. there. That's right. <laughs> that's that's right. fine. Well, thank you, Marty. Anytime.